We are in the studio with Professor Griff, a DJ, rapper, spoken word artist, lecturer, and martial oh, artist. She went back. She said, DJ. <laughs> that was way back in the day. But yeah, I'm For here. sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Member of the legendary hip-hop group Public Enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, today he does lectures on politics, society, music, and culture. And along with uh, Sista Amina, singer-songwriter, dancer, educator, consultant, priestess, entrepreneur, and humanitarian, I know it's more than that. Uh, <laughs> We're trying to do the short version. Yes. Right? Hailing from Oakland with a goal to inspire the original greatness of Africa to rise again. Mm. Ashe, welcome both of I'm you. I'm going to spruce up my bio like that, man. I want to have sayings and quotes. And, yeah. I took notes from you, man. Man. I took notes from you. It's not the way to represent on the chocolate octave. <laughs> So in this, I'll start with Sister Amina. What uh, motivated you to do melanated music? So this, I'd say melanated music motivated me to do Mm. this. Like it is an idea that birthed itself and came through me. And I said, okay, spirit, yes. Everything just really aligned. How I got into music, how I grew when me and Professor Griff first hooked up back in 2011 in Atlanta when I was living in Atlanta and we got connected during Kwanzaa 2011 (laughs) I remember like it was yesterday and uh, my brother Richard Zulu Shabazz in Atlanta said yo Griff sister I mean y'all need to hook up right you know Professor Griff she got this thing from Ghetto the Goddess and Griff was like oh from Ghetto the Goddess oh hold on sister (laughs) we need to get that out right I was like really you know it's just an idea it's a concept he's like you need to do a lecture you need to be out with the people I was like huh okay so he gave me my first lecture but up to that point I had been getting introduced to Fela Kuti's music and also his legacy and his story. That's when Fela on Broadway was popping. And so it was a huge resurgence of his energy. And mm. uh, Brother Tenicio Sanima, DJ Fifth World in Atlanta, he introduced me to Fela's music. He introduced me to Sandra Isidore, who is the, the queen mother of Afrobeat, who gave, he, she was Fela's political advisor and cultural consultant. And from then, I met his sons, Femi. I met his son, Sheun. And then I got to work with his protege, Dede Mabiaku, Celebration uh, 2012 in Atlanta. And that was my first introduction to realizing that I had a gift for music, for performing. I'd been dancing my entire life. And then I had been lecturing. I had been singing in the shower and at home <laughs> and to myself. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't really understand that I had a musical gift. But really getting introduced to Fela's music and especially to performing and going through that boot camp with his protege and get my butt kicked. Like, okay, mm. this is actually, a, I felt a more effective way to get the message out that I was doing through my lectures and doing through my uh, community activism. A lot of people at that time knew me in Atlanta for being in, on the radio, WRFG, for being an activist, for working with all these different Pan-African organizations and as a great speaker, but not as a performer. And I said, you know, this is cool, but what Fela did, this is what we all need to be doing with our gifts and talents. And so that set me off on the path I'm on now. And so also looking at the co-opting of legacies that often happens if we look at you know a lot of our greats like Bob Marley and how he was a great musical activist um, but his legacy has been co-opted in such a way where most people think of Bob Marley and they think of some good marijuana 
<laughs> and people wearing red, gold, and green and going to, you know, different reggae festivals. But, you know, out here in California, most reggae festivals you go to, most reggae shows, things associated with Bob Marley's name is often not the people who Bob Marley represented. Uh, the black survival is not in the full effect when you go to his events. Mm. You're seeing, you know, a, a lot of people of European descent enjoying themselves and having a great time and forgetting about their worries and problems when music was supposed to be for our healing. And so I see a similar trend attempting to happen with Afrobeat and with Fela Kuti's legacy. People think if they, uh, you know, have a band that could technically play the music or they can, you know, uh, paint their faces and put on a dashiki and they think that is representing Fela, that is representing Afrobeat. And now that Afrobeat's as a genre of music is starting to become a global force in the world, people are just saying, oh, it's African, so I'm, you know, repping Fela, and this is what it is. And you even see Kanye West in Africa now saying that he is the spirit of Fela. He is the spirit of Bob Marley. He wow. is the spirit of Tupac. And so if he's saying that he has a whole audience and a platform, right, that now it's going to take his word and associate mm -hmm. him with Fela. So if we don't stand up, for the real deal and right. what his music and his lifestyle, what his lyrics, not just you making catchy songs and you getting right. people grooving, but you really have society moving to a higher place. And so for me, I said I could either complain and, and just be salty about it at home or I could get up and do right. something on my own. And so that's that's where we're at with Melanated Music, which we uh, brought to the community. And, you know, it's just a beautiful thing. Like, Professor Griff just happened to be coming in town at this time. <laughs> right. And just happened to, you know, yes, yeah, so, so let's do this. So many the Uptown just happened to be open on that night because they're usually booked up months right. in advance. They just happen to have that opening mm. right around this time. Right. So many people just, you know, said, yes, I want to perform. I want to do this. And so many people, such as yourself, have supported this to make it something that the community deserves and it's something that, an idea whose time has come. So in Okanda, we're going to represent. Mm. And uh, Professor Griff, uh, mm -hmm. you did a lecture, um, the state of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is time a travel this, with this me. Time travel with me. I know, right? Chocolate <laughs> Right. Uh, talk about your lecture and and what it is that you are presenting. Well, what I presented, past tense, uh, <laughs> was a um, was a myriad of issues, was a myriad of solutions that fit the problems that are going on, but beyond that, um, offered something beyond the problem, which is which is what I focused on, simply because. We already know some of the issues that that exist, not only with us, but with other people trying to resonate with a, a, a vibration, a spirit and a movement and a culture that's primarily ours to suit us. The problem comes in when the culture banditry starts, when we validate the culture bandits coming in to take the music to do what they do. Then they become culture vultures and then they pick and eat and tear the flesh off the culture and then what are we left with? So by the time we want to do a celebration, um, a celebration or Bob Marley or whomever it is, um, we get to th that particular point and we're not there. We're not there because A, we didn't archive it. We didn't hold in a high esteem some of the artists that brought us the beautiful music that, uh, that, that, we, um, that we celebrated. 
Now, we could look at some of the artists even recently that have passed on. What's going to happen to the first Aretha Franklin celebration? Who, who's going to be there? It's going to be some other people with head wraps on. Madonna. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And and those and and that's a, that's a prime example of what I what I was you know I talked about the whole idea of Ariana Grande is her name. Uh-huh. Yes, Ariana. Yeah. How yeah. do you end up in that mix in right. Detroit? Right. You, Motown. You in know, the Black church. Bottom in the church. Right. How do you end up in in that space? I'm I'm trying to understand who was that 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 thought that that was a good idea from its conception. You understand what I'm saying? Well, there are a lot of sisters that could have represented. That's exactly what I was about to say. How many so sisters many. could have filled that space? Right. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Um, just just on some passion, you know, Mary J. Blige could have stepped up into that. Uh, a whole few of people. Easy. Easy. Right. So Lauren Hill could have came in with her on an acoustic set and did that. Woo. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Which I been, do. Exactly. Er, exactly. So there's so many. So who who made that call? It's the same mindset that made that call. It's going to make the call from this date forward as to how we celebrate those of us that gave us the beautiful music that they gave us. So how do you rein that in? We seem to be losing our culture generation after generation, especially in this country. Right. There was, I was driving one day and I saw a bumper sticker and said, black lives will matter once black lives matter to black people. So let's substitute black with any uh, genre of music that we've created. Hip hop won't matter until it until hip hop matters to the people that created hip hop. But if we got other people coming in, appreciating it more more than we appreciate it, respect it more than we respect it, understand it, the theory, the concept, who, the the makers, the players, the shakers, who produced what song, who wrote what song, who's collab with who, and then there's global implications politically. We're not having that conversation, not among us, not among those hip-hop artists that we're looking at. We may vibe to the song, but outside of that, it's like, yeah, who's having a conversation? We're having a conversation. Yeah, yeah. But we need to get them in here to have that conversation. Um, you know, But them telling uh, the Chocolate Octave sister, look, I only got like seven minutes. I got to go to this next spot. We'll do a sign-in or, or go back to the hotel and, do, and get ready for my show. When are we going to get the few minutes to say, okay, to ask and pose these questions to them? What about the culture? Who are the culture vultures? Are the culture vultures the same ones that sign in your check? Then you may not talk about it. Yeah, and we have to show up. We have to show up. We have to create our own space. We can't wait for anyone to do that for us. And I think that it takes a big sacrifice. Like even in the event that we put on, like it was a big sacrifice for everyone involved to really give your heart and soul to creating something for the community and knowing that, you know, just like with Harriet Tubman, right? Everybody is not going to want to go with you to the promised land. A lot of people are scared, unprepared, they're in doubt. They're like, oh, you know, thinking of all these reasons why you don't need to have melanated right. music, why music has no color. This shouldn't be about, it shouldn't be about race. It shouldn't be about, yeah, in a especially perfect world. in the Bay Area. Yeah, oh, especially in the Bay. In a perfect world, of course it's not about color right. or race, but we don't live in a perfect world. We live in a world where, yes, we do have to set the record straight for what our people helped or just period did create. And we have right. to draw that line. We have to say, yes, this is for everyone, but let's be clear 
on where this comes from. Let's be clear right, on right. what this was created to represent. Let's be clear on who this is supposed to be benefiting. If this song is colonial mentality, I had a moment when I first moved back to the Bay Area and started working with an Afrobeat band out here, an Afrobeat orchestra, that I was, you know, kind of told one thing by the, the leader and then when I actually got in the mix, it's like, you know, this is supposed to be representing Fela, right. representing black music. Mm -hmm. It was like a 16-piece Afrobeat orchestra, but it had two black people <sighs> and 14 white people, white and other races. And then it's I tried to give it a chance and say, well, maybe they all are like John Brown, you know, and, and about mm. <laughs> on the John Brown type of level. John Brown didn't even play the banjo, but go ahead. Okay, so I'm like, maybe they, you know, are, you know, so I, I was like, let me just see. Let me not write it off. And then I'm like, y'all playing colonial mentality. But then when you off stage and y'all talking in conversations, you are colonizers. Like you are wow. not, you are understanding this from a musical standpoint in terms of technically with yourself as an instrumentalist, not the soul, mm. not the spirit. You don't even understand the words that the lead singer is singing. Right. You know, but you're here supposed to be upholding this legacy because it's trendy, it's fun, it's cool, and it's something you can kind of fetishize. And so if we don't step up, and claim our space, then we will continuously get erased. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. So it is important that we just take ownership and right. say, you know, we ain't going to wait for nobody to represent for us. We got to represent for ourselves and just be what it is. You know, I, I just am the type of person... I just let things speak for themselves. I say, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to represent. Mm -hmm. This is the standard, the integrity. And it's not always going to be easy. It's like, if I can't represent my culture with my people, then, hey, if I can't have a black band backing me up, well, maybe it'll just be a track show then. Okay. And you know, I know you as a dancer because we've been in dance class together. Yeah. And I tried to, one of the teachers of the Congolese class, I went to uh a dance conference thing that he was supposed to be having. And, and as a performer, it was me and a bunch of white girls. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm not. Yeah. Clearly. No. This is not going to happen. No, it's not. <laughs> but happening. we are the ones that allow that, though. Mm -hmm. So I think what's happening here, we're all having our own experiences. And so we're seeing it. We're seeing the same thing from different perspectives. You know, all, you know, all, all the, the 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 lake, the river is here. All streams are headed to the same place. We get there, we meet here now, right here today. But now, what do we do? Because my story is vastly different. I'm leaving the radio station in Portland. We're walking to the car, and I'm hearing Lost Boys, Lex Coops, Peepers, and the Benz, and all my, and I'm like, oh, okay. So I stop, do my little dance. You understand what I'm saying? But it's the raw version. So I'm looking up at the place where it's coming from, white DJ, white people, white club. And the N-word is flying. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> Were people in the crowd saying it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They was just, they was grooving to it. Mm. So, so a couple more songs came on, and I'm like, you know, DMX, you know, he's like, you know, y'all my dog, da 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 And I'm like, wow, they up in the spot, like, not holding back. Nope. But then okay. if you walked in, they might get a little sub self-conscious. I've had that happen in Atlanta, been some places in wow. uh, near 
little five points mm-hmm. in that whole little yeah. area. And I went to a bar. It would look like a little, you know, mm-hmm. little hunky-dory, whatever, whatever. Went in there, some of my friends, they playing the most ratchet yeah. hood music, having a good time. But it was none of us in there, but it was all of our energy in the space. Right, and exactly. then when we walked in, people visibly were uncomfortable, kind of stopped dancing and felt like, it changed, and I'm like, if you enjoy what we're doing, I mean, enjoy it. But you, right. but well, we we can't we can't enjoy our own stuff here with you. Why? What? What is the what is the issue? Because you know, in your heart and your spirit, yeah, you're enjoying it separately from the people who created right. it. You're not right. trying to give credit where it's due, and that's like what's happening with so-called hip hop right now. What you're seeing is they got all the little pump Takashi six whoever. That, you know, Justin Bieber, all these people in the R&B, you got, uh, what's the dude, Ed Sheeran and uh, Sam Smith and all Ariana Grande, all these people who they take what we do and now they just said they got the formula so they don't need us anymore. Right. And if we don't watch out, that's going to happen on every level imaginable and mm-hmm. unimaginable. Well, that's the first sign of cultural appropriation. It's the first sign. We, we 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 see it. We do nothing about it. Say nothing about it. Till till to them, oh, it's cool. You understand what I'm saying? We'll just keep it on the hush. And when they're not around, this is what we're this is what we're going want, going to do. I saw the movie uh, The Hate You Gave. I haven't seen it yet. Mm-mm. You yeah, you have to see it. It's so many different dynamics that's happening in that movie. And to speak to this conversation, there's a part in the movie that speaks to this. The sister was dating a white boy, and that was his thing. He wanted to be so cool, he backed away from the camera and started trying to dance like black people. You understand what I'm saying? And she's basically like, that's what I like about you. It, yeah, you got to see. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. next snap, the synchronized next snap. Just let us know. Now, this is this is an acronym that, that Tupac gave us. You know, the hate that, the hate that you gave the thug life. Sure. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. And, they, and, they, and they make sure that you knew that because there's a couple of, some dialogue in the movie that lets you know. And they talk about Tupac. And they show a picture of Tupac's poster and, yeah, the hate you gave. It's, it's acronym is thug. And we could keep going because that's the, that's the thing that people that made Tupac's movie and, and Nina Simone's movie with the blackface. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All right, coming back around, but to <laughs> melanated music, you are redirecting the energy. That's the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the point of the event, and so what's melanated music look like in the future? What what's what's the next what's the next move? So with melanated music, so this the name came about because myself as an artist, and as I've been growing in my journey. I'm a born-again African, born and raised in Oakland, from Oakland, of Oakland, but representing the African world. So I love, of course, you know, Afrobeat, reggae, 
R&B, hip hop. And so you've been to my shows and you know my shows encompass all of those genres. So I've struggled with people. They're like, oh, you you do music. Oh, what kind of music you do? And at first I'd be, oh, I do Afrobeat, hip hop, reggae. Da, da. And I was just like, you know what? I do melanated music. I do all <laughs> forms of African black music. And that's just what I represent. It's, it's what we are. And so I took that and I said, you know, there is an epidemic, there is a crisis that we're in, especially mm-hmm. seeing that in the Bay Area where people love to have like this melting pot. They just love to melt, 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 melt without like having, you know, it really should be more like a salad where each ingredient is seen and you know like this is, this and, is and kale. They, right, and they keep it separate. Right. But they put it in the same bowl, but it stays separate. Right. So you can take each, each flavor, but go on. Right, they're not going to say kale is the same as a carrot. You know, carrot is the same as avocado. Like, no, these are all things and they can work together great, but they're good on their own as well. And so I realized that, you know, there is not I felt there is a void of black artists and musicians saying, you know, this is representing our culture and really bigging up our people. So this is the first in a series of events that we're doing year long to really represent and honor our great black musical heroes and sheroes. So we started out with Fela. The next one we're doing in February is for Bob Marley. We're going to be doing another one in April for Nina Simone. We'll be celebrating Prince. We'll also be celebrating Michael Jackson. And so those are like the five that we have planned so far. But we want to continue to build this. Wait, you got to do James Brown and Hendrix? Ashe. Ashe. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So, like Ashe. I said, it's so it's like so many. It's so yeah. many that we want to do. And I, I mean, hey, I'd love to do right. this like two or three times a month. Really, right. it could be a <laughs> weekly thing because there are so many artists, and there's just not a space one for them to be celebrated and venerated. Mm-hmm. Two for us spiritually because music is such a spiritual thing that I don't see us intentionally bigging up. Those artists who are our musical orishas, our musical saints, and really actively saying, we're going to honor you, we're going to represent you, Mm -hmm. and we're also going to ask for your blessings on our journey. And we're going to give ourselves the opportunity as artists to come together to showcase what we have and to really inspire us and inspire each other to really take ourselves to a higher level in our craft and what we do. So that's really how this idea came about. And so it's something that I had. And I really just thank the communities. My brother Jamal Malik, my sister Janine, Professor Griff. I try to be. So many people, (laughs) all the artists who are on this first lineup, all the artists who weren't on this lineup, who I'm looking forward to having at future lineups, and and just the community in general, because if people have been seeing it, and we've been passing out flyers and talking to people, it's not a person that hasn't resonated with what's going on. And so it's an idea that it's time has come. And Professor Griff, can you talk about the importance of activism in art and music mm. and how this is this event has brought those things together? I think this is, is an age-old conversation, but um, I think it's new to the people that are on the flip side of this paradigm shift from analog to digital. So the whole idea of the thought of protesting through your lyrics, through your songs, through your music, is very foreign to a lot of people. Mm. Nowadays with 
you know, popping fresh dough artists that, um, then it's the term I'm trying to wrap my brain around. So what happens if you're a SoundCloud artist? That means you're only on SoundCloud? Basically. As far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so how do you protest through SoundCloud? When SoundCloud could just shut you off, then you're Facts. no longer heard. Facts. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right, good point. Where if you if you come off of SoundCloud and go to a live venue, you're only speaking to those people that hear you on SoundCloud. So I'm asking, I'm asking younger people, I'm like, so SoundCloud has a visual thing where you can put your video up there? They're like, no, you gotta put that on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So the relationship now between SoundCloud and YouTube, they have to have a relationship in order for you to thrive as an artist. What if you decide to protest? And YouTube blocks your video. And SoundCloud basically says no, because according to our rules, because you didn't read them. You understand what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> uh, we don't allow you to say hell, damn, and a few other things. You understand what I'm saying? Right. There's no this, there's no that, whatever. But you could degrade yourself and hate yourself and speak ill of your mama on here. You could sell drugs on here and speak of doing drugs and all this kind of. You could sell death to your people on here, but you can't speak of any political issues. You can't speak of any cultural, racial issues. Not at all. You definitely can't talk about 46 minus 1. You can't bring him up. For those that didn't catch it, that's 45. That's the president of the United States, Trump. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> oh, orange, bro. Okay. Cheetos, yeah. I'm saying, so if you, if you protest, you have to, Malcolm said it best, um, you can you can protest and you can speak up and speak out only in the confines of the rules that the enemy gave you. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah, you can protest, but here's the rules. It's like wow, okay. So you, you're talking about um, social media digital heroin. Mm. You're talking about mm. you're talking mm. about okay. Mm. Let that sink <laughs> in. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> gotta let, let that, that sink, sink in. in. Digital right. social media, heroin. digital heroin. Everybody do be yeah. nodding. That's fast. Heads down. Oh yeah, they stay fi- they fixated. And in, in the high schools, because you know I do programs in the high schools. The biggest fight is with them kids about their cell phones. My classroom right. is a no cell phone zone, and when I tell you it is a war, yeah, it's a war. It's digital heroin. It, it it's is designed and, that way, right? So you're talking about people that's coming to the table, the protest table, and the rally, traumatized, and they're getting music from people who are traumatized, hurt people, hurt people. So when you find someone like Kanye Mess or some, I mean, excuse me, West, <laughs> you find someone ah. like him on. Uh, Making music and sending it out to the people, the, the people that's hurt like him are going to resonate with it because I can feel that pain, man. It's a lot of hurt people out there. Exactly. And it's, a lot of mental, and it's a lot of mental illness. You understand what I'm saying? But people want to stay stuck there and not evolve out of it, though. Some people are crying out. The cries of the children are not heard because mom's working all the time. Mm. Mom is somewhere else. Doing something else, trying to trying to trying to survive. And she give you the iPad when she ain't working. Here, right. take this. Go sit in the room. Here's right. my phone. Go play these games. Right. Then, then what happens? Um, and I said it the other night. The uh, one of the co-founders of Microsoft checked out of here, and because um, of this, because of these plat these these screens and LCD and plasma and radiation coming up the cell phone, having to be around this stuff every day, all day. So now we have to try to figure out a way. How do we 
push our push this away. Let's just start at the dinner table. No cell phones at the dinner table. No cell phones on the nightstand while you sleep. Because you're just waiting for the alarm to go up so you can pick it up again. Right? Right. Um, right. Let's just say, let's set a rule right now. When we're conversating with one another, let's take the phones and put them away. So Because really, when you're doing this, you're not really paying attention to the conversation. You understand what I'm saying? But I think we have to now. Because it's almost like if I'm going to stay relevant and connect with the people I need to connect with, right. even right now, I got to connect with my audience because they need to hear this in person live. Mm-hmm. So I got to keep this in my hand in order to communicate with the people. So the whole idea of revolutionary positive vibes in music, it means something different to us. We don't we don't hear it. But that's part of this event, though, right? Like getting us in one place to come together in person so that we can heal. I think I heard you say resharpen our swords mm-hmm. and vibe together and right. get that energy right and move forward. Right. right. Can, let me just say one thing to that real quick. Can we do that through the phone? I got a brand new app. Can I say I'm going to be at the Melanated Music, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Check me out. And I take my phone and I set it up and I'm vibing with people. And people are right across town. You can be here. The vibe is the right. I, the energy from our auras need to connect. Right. That's the right. real vibe. That's the vibe. Okay, but I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah. No, that's, that's the real vibe. And that, I think, because with the rise of social media, with the rise of technology, you could do a whole album on your phone. I could download GarageBand yeah. on my phone. Right. I can make beats. I can plug in a mic. I could have a whole album. Me and Griff were just mm-hmm. talking about on the way over here. People doing an album, whole album, double album, and all the beats they just got offline from somebody right. they don't know, ain't seen, will never see, no connection to it. And we think that is the standard now. We think that is the way things should go. And we don't even understand the long legacy that we as a people have with music and what music originally means to African culture. Mm. We were having a conversation earlier about the power of music in African culture and how the the jellies in Malian culture, which are now called the griots, they were the people that accompanied the royalty everywhere they went. And they continuously played music that was sound healing from instruments like the korda, like the balafon, like the djembe drum, right, like right. the dundun drum, giving you those vibes. And then the songs that they sang told the story of what was happening and also were used as a weapon against the enemy. That's how Sunjata Keita won the battle to win back the Mali Empire was through his mm. jelly, his griot, who accompanied him to battle and played a song that defeated the enemy. So mm. that's the power of music. That's what got our ancestors through the enslavement experience. Were those Negro spirituals. Right. With the Reconstruction and what happened with us getting into new slavery. Those chain gang songs kept us going and flowing. Getting that sound healing together and charging up. And that's why hip hop blew up like it did because it was finally giving our people a voice for the voiceless. That's right. So now the industry's figured that out. They figured out how healing it is, how prosperous it can also be, and how powerful, Mm -hmm. political, how it programs Mm -hmm. us. When Public Enemy said fight the power, people was ready to fight the power. When, you know... People talking about now getting money, doing drugs, doing whatever. 
That's what our people are focused on. That's what our youth are literally living their lives. Right, right. Trying so hard to represent. I got people in my own family. And this is also how I got into music was I grew up glued to the mainstream stations. Mm. And that shaped my mindset, even though I came from an African conscious household. Shout out to my parents, the Maz, peace and love. That's what... I was raised in, but that BET, you know, and mm-hmm. other stations, they made me want to become that video vixen, right. that person who, that's who I was when I first came to Atlanta. Had to weave yeah. down to the yang yang, and I was, that. you know what I'm saying? I was in that. Right. Because of the music I listened mm. to. Same with some of my siblings. The music they listened to, we grew up, our mom's a teacher, right. you know, went on this certain path and then with the music they wanted to become drug dealers they wanted to become robbers they wanted to become these things and so it took them down that lifestyle whereas for myself once I realized that the music was poisoning me me waking up and hearing these certain things me going to sleep and listening to songs that's only talking about over sexualized stuff and how I should act in relationships with men and the type of stuff oh he's my man he's not sure he is you may have had him once I got him all the time that's how I was socialized through the songs and that's the lifestyle I had once I changed the music I listened to when I was 21 years old and had that epiphany it changed my entire life my entire life was changed because I'm the person that was so connected and influenced by music that I saw it. It led me mm. down a certain path and then it helped to free me from the path. And that's what inspired me to create my own music and really understanding that the people we look up to mm. as the biggest musical influencers, all their music had real messages really spoke to the reality of our people. So people talk about Fela and say they're the next coming of Fela, but your music has no lyrics in it that are anywhere close to what Fela would say. You talk about Tupac, he had two sides, but the two sides were very clear. You talk about Bob Marley, it wasn't a song Bob Marley created that wasn't talking about real life, everyday stuff that our people need. Right. And so we have to continue to sow those seeds. Right. And it's seeds indeed before the root. People say, I'm rooted in this, but the seed came before the root. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yes. You don't get the root, then the seed. No, the, <laughs> the root comes from the seed. You understand what I'm saying? The yeah. Lakota tribal uh, wisdom keepers, they say we made the mistake once we put it on paper. The paper's the enemy. I'm like, paper enemy like what do you mean so I had to wrap my brain around the concept Mm. it's almost like we put it on paper and then we put it in a book and then we put it on a shelf and forgot about it when we didn't have it on paper we had to live it Mm. you understand what I'm saying Mm. why why would you need to put it on paper if it's here you understand what I'm saying so once once we put it here it's like okay now we got it we do this with it it's there I know it's there but now let me so we don't go through the rituals. The ritual is only the sign of where you headed. You know, like you put in the GPS, but it's like that's like your rituals. <laughs> right. You don't go from Oakland all the way to you know Arizona somewhere, and you stop and you see a sign that says Phoenix, Arizona, two hundred miles, and you get out and kiss the sign. You're not there. <laughs> you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the Lakota wisdom keeper said, "No, once." They came and we had to put these things. 
on paper, and then they got us drunk and we signed over the land and we signed over this and made a treaty with that. It was like, no, they said, they also teach that it takes a year to become someone's friend. Mm. A whole entire year, you gotta see where this person is coming from, four seasons. Facts. To become someone's friend because a friend you would truly give your life for. How many people have we met that we've known for 10 years, man? Be like, man, that dude, I ain't, man. Absolutely not. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? So they take these concepts very serious and um, they they actually stress the point that the paper has become their enemy because it's those treaties now that keep them on the res. Because, you know, in a drunken state, they didn't know what they were signing or what they were doing. They said, once we put our rituals down on paper and had to write it out and use the paper to pass down instead of the true spiritual rituals in the way they should have been passed down orally, that's when they lost. And how hopeful are you that we're able to redirect our energy and uplift our people through art? That we can change the culture back from the death culture that it's in right now back to a living culture. Well, let's just establish something before we answer the question. Where the energy goes, the energy flows. Mm-hmm. What we focus on, that's where it, 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 it's go, it's where it goes, and that's where the energy is going to flow. So if every conversation has to be about a Kanye West or this one that's taking it to the left or that one that's not doing this, then yeah, we're not, we're not putting enough emphasis and, and effort into thinking about what we need to do over here on the right. Uh, old gentleman, which I beg to differ with him, I'm not going to mention his name, said all of the best music is behind us as though we have nothing else to create. I said, well, tell that to the birds. Hmm. They sing a different song every single day outside my window. Facts. Tell that to the ocean. Them waves don't even sound the same. Right. <laughs> tell that to nice. the netches. You understand what I'm saying? Right. And then I told him the story of the brother who said the, the the old ones, the old ones, we'll talk about that later on, the old ones used to speak their native tongue because we couldn't speak the native tongue on the plantation. Mm-hmm. But when an idea came to him and he wanted to speak to his kinfolk that got sold down river, he waited for the strong wind to come by and he spoke his native tongue into the ether. And just for the people that don't know what the ether, the ether is everything that connects everything to everything. So when he connected to the netters, which is the wind, the, uh, the air, the breath, the land, everything natural, when a strong wind came by, he spoke the, his native tongue into the wind and it carried his words and the vibration of his words down river. And you'll see sometimes on the plantation when they just stop and you'll see them looking up when the wind blows. You understand what I'm saying? And they're getting that word on a different frequency. It's almost like getting in your car and tuning to the frequency that you want. What's the call numbers and letters for the station? 94.1. You tune it to 94.1 and you can hear what's going on. Mm -hmm. Well, they want to tune their frequency to the God frequency and tune it away from the frequency. Yes. I share. All right. (laughs) So to answer your question, to get it back, we need to get back to the essence. I mean, natural drums. You understand what I'm saying? Natural feel. The things, you know, the voice, what what it can do naturally. We were studying this morning, um, Mitchell. Leona Mitchell is her name? Opera singer? Yeah, Leona Mitchell is her name, yeah. And the book, because she spoke up and out on racism, the Met, Metropolitan Opera House, and all these people shunned her. 
beautiful dark skinned woman. You know, there was no opera voice that that can match hers. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But she sang those songs on 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 stage at the Met and other places that other people could resonate with because it was their stories. When was the last time you heard that, that traditional African stories sang by someone in opera that sings opera? Classical. I never, never. Why not? When was the last time you heard classical music, the African stories in the classical music? Right. So when you talk about getting back to the art form, every aspect of the art we need is ours. We need to we need to reclaim it. Yep, I I wholeheartedly agree, and I say that we those of us who feel this mm -hmm. and we know it, and we have the credentials, the training, the talent to be able to do something about it. We need to get up off our black behinds and make it happen. But guess what's happening, Amina? Our parents, parents, and other parents are saying to the children, do you know how to read music? And you know what my answer is to that? Stevie Wonder didn't read it. Ray Charles didn't read it. They two of the best. Right. You know, <laughs> you know they wasn't reading See, it. See, back to the Lakota tribe. Once we put it on paper, right. now I you have to sheet music in order to... Mm-hmm. No. Right. It comes from here. Right. It, it comes from here. I Natural. don't need to see it. Natural. I mean, that's I'm I'm like dealing with that because now my shows I have dancers that dance with me, and so I've also I have a dance group that's like started itself um, mm -hmm. with me and with my shows, and so I'm working and training them. And I come from a very strong West African dance background. It's something I almost took for granted most of my life, being able to go every week since I was born and I'm with the drums, I'm getting the traditional dances, the stories. Mm -hmm. And so when people see me dance, they have a reaction and they don't really understand where this is coming from. And so I've run into some things, whereas I'm trying to bring people on and they see what I'm doing and they're like, yeah, we could do that. And then when it starts going, it's like, oh, girl, look, you gotta go back here where I started from. Mm. And you got to get that down mm. before you can come rock with me on this level. Because you seeing this and I may be dancing to a track or dancing with a band and you see where it's at now. It looks co cool on social media, but this is coming from the village. This is coming right. from the earth. This is analog. Right. I could rock in the digital world too, but my foundation is back here. And so we can't forget right. where we really come from. We can't look at music and just think of music in America and through the black experience in America, we have to look at it. Where does music play a role in African culture? Right. What African cultures can we go study right now? I'm studying Malian music every day. Most mm. of the artists you get in my car, I don't understand a word they saying, but I feel everything they right. saying. The music, the instruments they playing, I'm learn. I'm like, what is the quarter? Okay, let me see the ball. Let me see. Let me. That's where I'm coming from. I'm like, yo, mm. I'm bringing this energy, and so when people see me, they like, we can't really put our finger on where are you from. We can't really put our finger on what we're feeling, but we know it's something, and so we have to do a better job about people really being able to understand the foundation. What's the seed? Not even just the root. Right. As you said earlier, what is the seed that's been planted and then what is springing forth? Let's be clear about that. Our roots right. don't start here. Right. Our roots start millions of years ago. We have so much research and we could tap in. That's the thing, too, about globalization. 
We could get on Facebook right now and connect with the Kuyate family, who they've been jellies, griots, for 72 generations unstopped. Mm. They still living. They still there. They on Facebook right now. Some of them live here in Oakland. That I'm like, mm. oh, you a Kuyate? You a Kuyate? Hold on. This is... I've been studying about y'all, right. and I just happened to hire you from a show and didn't even realize this This is where you coming from. Like, we have these things at our fingertips, but we got to recognize it, value it, and use it. Because if we don't, we will lose it. Yep, exactly. Well, I want to thank you, Sister Amina and Professor Griff, oh, for yes. bringing melanated music forward for us to move forward and uh, I appreciate all the work you're doing in the community both of you can you let people know what you have coming up or contact information to, to reach right. either of you what what better place for melody music on the chocolate octave you know the name of my band was the seventh octave no yeah 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 but anyway we'll talk about that some other time <laughs> he, anyway. might, he might change it now the seventh <laughs> chocolate octave he's loving that name yeah, right <laughs> well, anyway this is Professor Griffin of course people can reach me directly at six seven eight five five seven two nine. One nine six seven eight five five seven two nine one nine. Of course, you can catch me every week on Serious Minds RNTV. That's Radio NTV and Serious Minds um, Institute. If you want to email me, email me at seriousmindsinfo at gmail dot com. And please do me a favor and download my app. Go to Google Play right now and go to the Apple Store. The app is called Serious. Minds. It's S I R I U S M I N D Z. Serious Minds. All right. All right. And you can definitely visit me online at sisterinina.com and on all social media on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, S I S T A H I M I N A H. Sister Imina, live and direct. And if you see me on the streets, holla. <laughs> Well, thank you both so much for speaking with me today. Oh, give thanks. Thank you, Queen Janine. All right.